Hey everyone, welcome to the Overflow Podcast, where pastor, author, speaker, and consultant Jim Stern explores various benefits and blessings of life lived in the overflow of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit's love. There is so much to discover, to learn, to feel, and to see when God goes first and we live in the overflow. Welcome into the overflow, overflowers, figuring out what it looks like to live life in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And overflow exists to be a countervailing force, a powerful reaction against lifeless forms of Christianity, lifeless teachings, uh, teachings that stay in the sky, pie in the sky, teachings that leave you walking out of church or ministry or Bible study going, ah, it was really good, but it didn't really connect with my life, man. It doesn't really connect with street level bombs dropping, bullets flying, issues all around me, grenades going off, losing limbs. What does it look like for the power of the living God to be exerted in the reality of life and the harshness of life? How does that work? How does this work? We're trying to connect these things in very real and pragmatic ways. The essence and the nature of overflow, the essence and the nature of my life, my ministry, is all about street-level warfare, trench warfare in the kingdom of God uh, for what it looks like to live in the power of all that our Father has for us. It's rich, it's robust, it flows, there's current, there's electricity, and we want to get after it. So this is the overflow. This is this is the overflow, and we're getting into... We're getting into uh, uh, something that near and dear to my heart, man, uh, uh, in this idea that there's just there's blood everywhere. That's the title for this time that we have together. Uh, there is blood everywhere. Uh, and what I mean by that is the degree to which people are bleeding out. The degree to which people are, are bleeding out. Now, medically, when somebody is bleeding out, uh, that just means that they're losing volumes of blood because of a deep cut or broken bone. You can be internally bleeding out. You can be externally bleeding out. Uh, when the hemorrhage, when the when the when the when the the, the, the break is external, uh, blood just blood just gets everywhere. And it's such a good metaphor uh, for the condition of people's lives. I meet with people all day, every day, uh, throughout the day, throughout the week. Uh, if I'm not writing, if I'm not talking with organizations, I'm meeting with people, individuals, one on one, one on two, one on three. Small group stuff, just get into the meat of the mess of what's going on in people's lives. And man, people are bleeding out. There's pain, uh, the amount of pain uh, that people are carrying because of the things that are being done to them, the things that they've done to other people is, is solemn. It's just, it's intense, man. It's, it's just intense. There is blood. Blood is everywhere. Blood is everywhere. The, the good news is, the good news is that Jesus came for our pain. Jesus came for our pain. He's not afraid of our pain. He's not afraid of our bleeding out. He's not afraid of our woundedness. He came to walk in our darkness, to sit with us, to love us, and then to show us a way of healing. There's absolutely ways of healing in the Lord Jesus Christ. But man, everywhere Jesus went, he encountered pain. He encountered pain. And and this is good for me because sometimes I feel like I'm a magnet uh, for people who are just dealing with heavy, heavy stuff because it, it I, I, I engage with so many people that are just in the fight. So many people that are dealing with heavy, heavy things. And yet the people in Jesus's life were, were dealing also, dealing big time and just dealing big time. And then I talk to people who are talking to people and the people that they're talking with and engaging with are dealing also. Man, there is, there's just blood. 
there's blood everywhere. And so our focal passage for today really um, draws this out, really shows the blood in the streets through the life of Jesus. Uh, Matthew 9, uh, 36 to 38. Matthew 9, 36 to 38. Scripture says this. Seeing the people, Jesus felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. So Jesus going town to town, city to city, village to village. And as he goes, guess what he's doing? He's seeing people. He's seeing people. And when he sees people, what's his evaluation of them? He sees two things. They're distressed and dispirited. Distressed and dispirited. To be distressed means to feel despondent, means to be exhausted, to be faint-hearted. Like, I'm not going to make it through today. Uh, means to be weary, just ragged out, ragged out, distressed and dispirited. Dispirited literally means to be cast down to the ground. And so instead of walking chest out, sunshine and outside, sunshine and inside, internal weather, this is somebody who's just being cast down. They feel cast down to the ground, left out, trampled on, walked over. Uh, these are people dealing with heavy issues in their heavy issues in their lives. And, 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 and this is how Jesus saw people when he walked from town to town. This is how Jesus saw people. Now remember, this is Jesus' characterization of people in the first century. First century people. First century people. We Sometimes we make the mistake of believing that modern life is unique in the way that it can wear and tear down a soul. Wears down and tears down our lives. It's just a 21st century deal. And that's just, that's just a lie. That's just not true biblically. Biblically, we understand that life in this broken world has been beating down people since Adam and Eve. Since the fall of the garden, since Adam and Eve fell, since sin fractured everything, since the enemy got injected into the field or injected himself onto the field of life and has been terrorizing and tormenting people, life has been beating people down everywhere. Blood on the streets is not a new thing. It's an old thing. Uh, uh, people have been struggling. People have been struggling and dealing for a long time. And, and we see that Jesus sees these kinds of people in all the towns and in all the villages. These kind of distressed and dispirited people don't describe certain people in certain towns or certain zip codes. For Jesus, it was everywhere. It's just blood everywhere. It's just mess everywhere. It's just brokenness everywhere in the lives of people, in the lives of people. But the scripture says Jesus saw them. The scripture says Jesus saw these people. He didn't see the crowd he saw the individual people in the crowd. And when he saw the individual people, he saw them to be distressed and dispirited. And not only did he see them, the scripture says that he felt compassion. He felt compassion. He felt it in his heart. He felt wounded. He felt sorry. He felt, he felt their pain. He felt compassion for the condition of those people. He felt compassion for them. It burned in his heart. It saddened him. It moved him. His reaction was not that of some sterilized clinical or institutional religionist. He stepped into the darkness and the pain and he offered these people life. He offers you and I life. He offers you and I life. And then, and then Jesus diagnoses the cause of their pain. So he sees them. He says, you're distressed and dispirited. And he says, and now let me tell you why they're experiencing the pain that they are experiencing he says they're distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Like sheep 
without without a shepherd. His solution to their pain is to surrender not only their lives, but also their pain to him as the shepherd of their souls. His solution for their pain, his solution for them bleeding out was for their lives to be surrendered to him so that he could shepherd them in their lives, in the totality of their lives, including shepherding them out of their pain. His solution was to teach the broken how to allow the shepherd access to the dark places so that he can walk them to healing. He can walk them to healing. So that Jesus' solution, watch this, Jesus' solution was not just to offer them eternal life. Like, when you die, give your life to me and when you die, you know, you'll be with me in heaven and you know, where, where we go. His solution to their pain is to surrender now, surrender today, experiencing the shepherding life of Jesus today in, the, in their lives. Way too many followers of Jesus have no idea today. Way too many followers of Jesus today have no idea what it's like to live as a sheep to Jesus as the shepherd. We, 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 we sit in church, we serve, we do all the things, we teach Bible study, teach Sunday school, serve VBS, whatever, but Jesus is not the shepherd of our hearts. He's not, he's not the shepherd of our hearts. And we continually suffer the same conditions that we've always suffered in. The same heart woundedness, the same distressed and dispirited is there, even though we're doing all of these things. And, and yet we wonder why there's no healing and, and no transformation that are, that are happening. We, want, we wonder why. The Lord's solution, Jesus' solution, they're, 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 they're distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd, like sheep without a shepherd. His solution requires total surrender total abandonment of this life, total abandonment of control, total abandonment of being shepherd so that you can follow Jesus, embracing sheep life so that you can follow the shepherd of your soul. The, the, the healing that the Lord offers requires surrendering to him control of your life and allowing him access to the dark places, allowing him access to the pain and to the woundedness of your life so that he can lead you to a place of healing. The, the, the ways in which Jesus wants to lead you are the ways of healing. Your own inner healing is not your responsibility. Being delivered from distressed and dispirited and all the causes of distressed and dispirited is not your responsibility. That's the responsibility of the shepherd of your soul. Jesus goes from all these towns and all these villages and he sees the people and he feels for them. He sees the blood of their hearts. He sees the blood of their lives. And he says, man, the people are distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Let me shepherd your life. Let me shepherd your pain. Let me shepherd you out of the darkness and into light, out of the despair and into life, out of the hopelessness into a future of possibilities that you didn't even know possible because they're, they're not possible by you, but they are possible by the great shepherd of our souls. It, it, requires, it requires no longer denying heart access. We've got to allow the shepherd access access to our hearts. So, so that when we do this, the one who surrenders enters the protected life as a sheep of the shepherd. We enter into the pasture land. We enter into the pasture land of the shepherd. And in the pasture land of the shepherd, we get to be nourished on truth. We get to be nourished on love. We get to be nourished on healing. We get to be nourished by the Holy Spirit of God himself. We get to be nourished on the, the reality that we've been made a child of our father. We get to learn how to live a new life as a daughter to our father, as a son to our father. We get to learn how to live in the perfection of his parenting in our lives as Jesus is the shepherd 
of our souls. Jesus says, I see the people and they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. There is blood everywhere. And then, and then this passage concludes with Jesus saying, this is a real famous line in mission work. This is a real famous line when your church does uh, a mission Sunday. Uh, they will usually end with this line. If it's not the Great Commission, Matthew 20, 18 to 20, it's this. And, and the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful. In other words, there's blood. There's people hurting everywhere. There's people hurting. The harvest is plentiful. There's a lot of people out there that need to be harvested. The harvest is plentiful. But the workers are few. There's just not a lot of us going out. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. It's the harvest of our Lord. It's the harvest of our Lord. So that Jesus' present-day solution today the solution of Jesus to the blood of everybody, to the bleeding out of people is for his solution is for you and I to go out and, and start loving people. His solution is for you and I to go out and start loving on people so that you're really only one of, you're really only one of two kinds of people listening to this today. Either one of two kinds of people, you are either bleeding out, you're bleeding out or You've already entered into the shepherding life of Jesus and you're in the process of being healed. I guess there's a third one where you're in Jesus, but you've denied him and his healing work in your life. That's a miserable place to be. Oh my goodness, that's such a miserable place to be. Uh, so you're in one of those three places. You're either bleeding out and you're away from the Lord or you're in the Lord and you're bleeding out because you're not letting him shepherd your shepherd your pain. Or, or, you are in the Lord and he's shepherding your pain and you're in the process of being healed. Uh, uh, for those of us who are in the Lord and we've got some, some history in letting him shepherd our pain, uh, the call on us is to go. Uh, the call on us is to go. Uh, people around you, all around, people all around you are silently carrying pain. And they need someone, anyone, who will care for them. They need someone who has a story to share of allowing Jesus to shepherd them. I was with two guys this morning, 6.30 in the morning. Good-looking dudes, good-looking dudes, clean cut. I know their wives. Their wives are great looking. They got kiddos. I know their kiddos. Their kiddos are gorgeous. They live in the right part of town. They got pools in their backyard. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Uh, the amount of pain these guys are carrying. And it's not plastic pain. It's not woe is me kind of pain. It's like legit, brutal harshness of life. Things that have been done to them. Holes in their heart. Vulnerabilities that the enemy has exploited. And the pain that they're carrying. Yet on the outside, you'd never know it. You'd never know it. They go to church. They do the things. They get the box. They get a blah, blah, blah. They get all that crap. Uh, but man, they're bleeding out. Man, they're bleeding out. Oh my gosh, they're bleeding out. They're people. We got to go. We got to go. So those of us who have been engaged in the Lord, who've allowed the shepherd to, to walk us out in some degree of our healing, we, we got to go. We got to go and, and help people. We got to go and sit with people. Now, helping others may seem daunting, may seem like a daunting thing to you. I don't know what your attitude is, what your attitude towards going now and helping people. How do you feel about that? How's that resonate in you? It may be daunting to you. Let me, let me throw this at you. Helping others it really, truly, helping others is only hard to the degree that we struggle to tell our own stories of allowing Jesus to shepherd us through our pain. The more confused you are about Jesus' shepherding of you 
through from your own place of being distressed and dispirited to this place of, of, of really juicy inner healing and, and internal weather that looks really good. What's your journey been like in that? The degree that you're confused in that is the degree to which you're going to struggle to go help people because you're going to say, what do I really have to offer? Wait, what do you mean what do you have to offer? Come on now. That's ridiculous. Maybe the first thing that you need to do is spend some time with your own inner healing story, with your own story of what, what the Lord has been doing in your life. Maybe you need to get that cleared up, and that's a legit deal. That's a legit deal because if I'm distressed and dispirited and you're going to come and hang out with me, I need to make sure that you got clarity on what your journey has been. That would be super helpful for me. So don't try and figure that out while we're getting together. So before we get together, right now, if you're not helping people, I mean actively pressed into the darkness of people's lives, getting in the blood of people's lives, spend time with your own healing story. You don't have to be perfectly healed. There is no perfect healing this side of heaven. There, there's no perfect healing. I'm not waiting before I'm perfectly healed, because I'd still be waiting, before I start going and helping other people. Amen? All right, so to the degree that you are engaged in your healing journey, where are you in your healing journey? Can you write it out? Can you think through it? Can you give me bullet points? The easiest way to communicate your healing journey is by using dates and ages. So when I was 15, this happened. When I was 18, this happened. When I was 21, this happened. When I was 26, this happened. When I was 28, this happened. When I was 30, this happened. When I was 35, this happened. When I was 40, this happened. Whatever. That way, I can really peg on your journey. I can, I can. It's tactile. I can, I can figure that out. If you use real abstract, then it's really hard for me to understand. So, if you're not actively helping people, get a hold of your story and get a hold of your story by going through the dates of your life and and spend some time with that. It's not going to take that long. It's your story. It shouldn't take that long. Then, now that you got your story, you, you got to go. You got to go meet with people. You got to go meet with people. Now, the easiest. I'm gonna make this like this. I'm gonna make this monkey see monkey do easy for you. My my friend Joel Powell says Barney style it. I'm on Barney style it. And I always thought it meant Fred and Barney from the Flintstones, but no, it's Barney the Purple Guy. So from Barney the Purple Guy, the easiest way that I've found to engage in people's lives is to ask them to breakfast, to lunch, or to dinner. Breakfast, lunch, coffee. I don't really do dinners because of my family kind of stuff. I got family time, teens, whatever. Breakfast, lunch, coffee. I'm, I'm going to go meet with people. I'm going to go meet with people. When we are together, I, I just ask them about their lives. Say, tell me your story, man. What's your story like? I might share my story a little bit on the front end. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. I don't know. But I'm going to ask them about their lives. And as they share, now watch this. This is nuts. This is off the chain. I don't know if you're going to be able to do this. As they share their stories, I do something super crazy. I ask them more questions. I ask them more questions. Questions upon questions. It's, it's, it's as simple as this may sound. I know that asking questions can also feel daunting. How do I know the right questions to ask? And how do I become a better listener? And, and away we go. The easiest way, I'm giving you a whole bunch of easy ways today. The easiest way that I have found to ask good questions is to empty myself of any presumption that I know anything about what the person is talking if I don't know anything about whatever this person is talking about, then I, I have to ask questions. So I don't presume that I know what it is that they're talking about. The less I think I already know, the more questions I have to ask. It makes sense. It makes sense. One other thing that I do to put myself in a great position to ask a whole lot of questions is this. I do not presume that my experience maps perfectly onto their experience. So, for example, my mom died 2017. 2017. I think it's 2000. Might have been 2018. My mom died. If I'm with somebody and they tell me that their mom died, I do not say to them, oh, I know how that feels. My mom died, blah, blah, blah. We're certainly going to have some overlap. There's some overlap between my experience, my mom died, and their experience, their mom died. But 
their mom dying for them is this there's a lot of unique stuff to that that i don't know anything about and so why would i project that why would i map and so instead of mapping what was it like for you when your mom died oh wow man tell me about your relationship with your mom how, how meaningful is that? How, how bad did that hurt you? How bad did it hit you? What about brothers and sisters? I'm asking all of these second, third, and fourth, and fifth level questions because I don't know what it's like for this particular person to have lost their mom. Now, on the receiving end of that, they're blown away because here's this knuckleheaded dude who's in front of them who's asking them questions about themselves, taking an active interest in this person's life in a way that most people have never done. Most people have never done. And so they've feel loved, they feel cared for, they feel valuable because somebody's taking the time to get to know them and asking questions, asking them questions about themselves. I, I, I do this uh, because of love. I, I do this because God the Father loves me. He's brought people into my life who ask me about me, take care of me. And I, I just, I experience a drought of love i experience an epidemic of loneliness in the people that i meet with then they have friends but no one that takes the time to really get to know and to ask and and to and to and to pursue the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few ask the lord of the harvest and works in the field and it will be done he's sending you he's sending us to blood in the streets there is blood in the streets and it is it is everywhere and and god our father wants us to go with the love of the father to help people understand that there is one who will shepherd us out of our distressed and dispirited lives into healing, into healing. And so if you need to get to know your story, get to know your story. It's your story. Spend time with your story. Get to know. If you already know your story or you moving beyond getting that cleaned up, I just want you to do something crazy this week. Just do something crazy this week. Invite one person to breakfast, lunch, or coffee. One person this week to breakfast, lunch, or coffee and ask them questions about their life. Ask them questions about their life. And when you're done asking them questions, ask them some more questions. Do so, please, because you care. Do so because Jesus is sending you into the harvest field. And lastly, do so because there is blood everywhere. This is life in the overflow, brothers and sisters. This is life in the overflow. Rich, abundance, electricity, zap, zing, 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 zing is absolutely available. We receive it. We get to walk in it. And then we go, we go to sit in the darkness and the pain of other people, helping them learn how the, the joy of being a sheep to the shepherd of our souls to encounter that overflow healing that he has for us in their lives. This is, if this has been meaningful to you, would you please share it? Social media, put it on blast everywhere. Uh, uh, Facebook, uh, textbook. That's not a thing. Is textbook a thing? Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, uh, uh, TikTok, Tiki-Taki, Tiki-Taki, uh, whatever, LinkedIn. Uh, let's spread it far and wide, man. We get the people getting healed up, powered up, fired up, and sent out in the name of Jesus, and you can be a part of that. Thank you for being with us today in the overflow. If there's anything that I can do for you, don't hesitate to email me, jim at trexo.org, jim at trexo.org. Find a whole bunch of stuff on our website, trexo.org, trexo.org, or you can send direct link for all of this pod blog stuff that we do in the overflow.org, in the overflow.org. Otherwise, I look forward to being here with you again the next time that we gather in the overflow. Thank you for joining us in the overflow. To find a blog connected to today's session where you can engage with Jim and others, go to trexo.org forward slash blog. This podcast is made available through the gracious giving 
of people just like you. If you would like to help us bring more people into the healing waters of our Father's love, you can do so at trexo.org forward slash donate. We will be back next week for another edition of Overflow.